This is Phone Home. I'm Chip DeWire. Joining me today is comedy writer Matt Nadastev, former co-worker. That's right. Former writer and former senior editor at Sunday Cards. Current senior writer at True TV. Oh, no, nothing senior about it. Nothing senior about it. <laughs> Cleans the shitter at True TV. That's right. Occasionally they let you on Twitter to do a joke or two. Yes, that's, okay. that's a good description. It's very nice to be here, Chip. Yes, thank you. We uh, I talked to your brother, Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved this interview because I do both siblings and parents. Parents, as people now will know, as they've become huge fans of the podcast mm-hmm. and, and listen to the entire season, parents are easy just to like let rip about their kid. Yeah. And I don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Or I think they're gonna, you know, I think they're gonna be super heartfelt, and then they are weird mm-hmm. uh, in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Or I think they're gonna be, uh, you know, they have permission to tell embarrassing stories, and then they're just, you know, only talk about being proud. So siblings are a little bit different. And uh, Nick, he did a wonderful job. Great. I can. He is your. You guys are brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I've. You know. You never, you never know how much of a of a family resemblance you're going to hear on the other end, and yeah, yeah. Well, we still have the same interests that we did when we were five. You know, right? I go over to his apartment and watch him play video games and never get a <laughs> turn. It's the dynamic has not changed at all, except he's married now. Oh yeah, well he was always married <laughs> in heart. Uh, all right, you you ready here? Uh, you ready here, Nick? Absolutely. All right. Hey, Nick. All right, time to talk, Matt. Um, So tell me a bit about, is it just you two in the family, or do you guys have other siblings? Uh, Just us. Our parents died. No. (laughs) Out of the gate with a hot riff. (laughs) Yeah. That's never happened. No, We were five seconds in. Yeah. Well, we both have a fear of silence. Oh, well, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's never happened. Oh, man. He's like the most comfortable anyone's ever been with the interview. So yeah, I, I, I didn't mean to stop it. I just wanted to compliment Nick on Oh, no. Yep. You're already brothers. A riff off the top. I love it. Oh, boy. Now there's a lot of pressure. Though. Um, yeah, so, the two of us. Okay. What's the age of difference? Uh, two, almost three years, like two years and eight months, nine months, something like that. Right on. So that's... I know that's that's like a gray zone for whether or not people are are, are close or they sort of fight a lot growing up. How did you, where did you guys fall in the spectrum um, there? We fought a lot. I mean, it, unfortunately, it was me being the burger brother. Uh, it was definitely, I think, my fighting or my instigating or my teasing, sure. to be honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, it he used to uh, come into whenever I had friends over or we were hanging out, he would come in and uh, do his best to embarrass me. So it was a little bit of, uh, you know, getting back at me for whatever I would do when my friends weren't around. So we definitely had our back and forth. He played the long ball on revenge, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, so I want to know, what would you, was it just kid stuff or were you calculative in terms of um, X tolling revenge? My favorite move was just to like walk up when he was with his friends on the playground and just go, "I'm his brother." <laughs> just kind of do, you know, what uh kind of a, a kind of offensive voice when you when you look back on it, but I was, 
you know, six, so we can maybe let it pass. But it just it drove him insane, you know. Oh, that's because everybody, you know, the older brother always wants to seem cool in front of his friends. So I could never match him physically. He would just, you know, toss me around like a like a rag doll. But I would get back at him by humiliating him however possible. Excellent. I used to call him Nicky Wicky Goobly, which I came up with when I was um, four or something, and it uh, infuriated him. You know, it was like a slur. <laughs> now, I don't know much about you or whether or not you... Did you do any comedy, stand-up, or improv at all? No, but um, actually, the I met my wife thanks to Matt's interest in comedy. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I've, so I've never done anything. Well, I did uh, play his partner for a sketch thing at the UCB <laughs> years ago, but that was at his request and not something I would have done normally. But, um, that's, I think the extent of my experience but um when matt was before he was doing stand-up he did improv comedy oh i just realized that that might be something that i shouldn't be saying no i'm just <laughs> even the guy not in comedy is being mean to improv. <laughs> yeah yeah it's the softest target in the world <laughs> um but uh he was on a team with um the woman who became my wife after that so if it wasn't for his interest, I wouldn't have uh, the wife that I have or the home that I have or the daughter that I have. That's very back to the future. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, yeah. So you um, you met your wife when, what is her name? Say that again? What's your wife's name? Oh, Dee Dee. Dee Dee. So you met Dee Dee like, when you went and saw one of his shows? She, um, she was on his team. They used to have a uh, monthly show um, at, in the basement of a bar. And, um, where they all are. It was not always the best. <laughs> I will say that Matt and Dee Dee were always the consistent funny elements, but uh, the rest of it was hit or miss. Sure. Uh, but I remember... I just want to know, it, you know, I, I was like kind of laughing to myself when he was saying this, just because mm -hmm. I'm like, should anyone from that group hear this? It's like, oh, yeah. my brother and my <laughs> wife are okay, everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's a, the group's gone on to uh to some big things yeah um you know writers and producers on, uh, right. on tv and stuff like that uh dd now is a, a very Enjoying one of the kind much. of uh it's senior class of improvisers woman. at the and, magnet uh, theater she a, worked you know, well with plum weekend shows and um right. yeah, we got to talking one you know a few times and became friendly and then it blossomed from there so this is this is so funny to me because what what it's making me think about is which is not at all the same is if you meet like somebody's friend from college or maybe even somebody's cousin and you sort of weirdly ask permission even though that's not a thing you do anymore if you can ask them out so I know you you guys obviously wouldn't you're both adults but was it was there a thing where it's like so hey uh, this Dee Dee character is it okay if I like did you just sort of like drop like drop it in conversation one day how did that happen yeah um, she actually I will say she pursued me um, <laughs> congratulations mm -hmm. oh he and, uh, would say yeah, that <laughs> it's nice to feel is wanted that, true? that it's went true. away shortly thereafter and hasn't come back <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know I I asked him um, more. Not so much in the um, the friendship thing or the you know love interest thing, but uh, more like I didn't want to be a Yoko Ono to a <laughs> right. <laughs> and after we started dating, didn't want to put the knife through the heart of improv. Yeah, right. Yeah, 
you want to destroy a, a cultural milestone like our uh, monthly show. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, Matt, of course, was totally fine with it. And after we started dating, um, I remember I got a call from my, our mom who said, it, oh, their team name was the Belmonts, by the way. But she called me up and I think it was even before a hello. She just started saying, if you break up with this girl and you break up the Belmonts, I'm going to be so mad at you. I really enjoys this. And I never heard that. Matt, you, know, you didn't know that? I didn't know that. That is, bless her heart. That is amazing. Also, this is the most interest I've ever heard her expressing in my improv team. <laughs> I, I was convinced that she wanted it to end. She knew it made you happy. It's great, yeah. It's, it's very sweet. Also, I will say he's uh, being either charitable in his memory or being polite. Uh, I wasn't entirely cool with it at the time uh-huh. because I was worried he would be the Yoko Ono. But looking back, the group was kind of disintegrating at the time sure. and ended up ending just totally unrelated kind of while it was still up in the air. But I remember giving him kind of a hard time about it, being like, well, you know, it's the group's important to me. And, you know, all respect to my brother. He's a heartbreaker. So I, uh, but, you know, everything worked out. It would have been sweet if you walked into the first date and said, duh, I'm the ex-brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, from before they ever dated, uh, you know, Dee Dee was a good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, she knew the family she was getting involved with. That's an interesting, it just occurred to me, because I was thinking about it from Nick's perspective when we spoke, and now that I'm thinking about it from your perspective, that's like a weird melding of worlds. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. It's also funny, yeah, now my brother, he'll be, um, he'll uh, he'll say, you know, when we get together, we just start talking about comedy, and he gets mad about it. He's like, you're leaving me out of the conversation because you're talking <laughs> comedy. I'm like, you signed up for this, man. Yeah, you brought this upon yourself. Yeah. But it's great. I mean, you know, just not to get too sentimental, but I, you know, couldn't have wound up with a, a better sister-in-law, a good friend of mine, you know, someone I can always talk shop with. You know how... That's a lot. That is very lucky. Absolutely. As a, you know, as a comedian, it's such a breath of fresh air anytime you're like hanging out with, you know, somebody, you know, you have that, you have that kind of kinship with. And, you know, she's you know, uh, always been a, a really great friend and someone I respect a lot as a comedian. Uh, that is absolutely poignant for me because I get along very well with my brother-in-law but he'll text me when he's listening to like you know comedy on Sirius on the radio mm-hmm. and he's like hey have you heard of this person I'm like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I have heard of Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> pretty much yeah let's see I don't remember if he told me more about your mom let's see <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa I think we've been out maybe one time that's our mom for you. Matt needs the Belmonts. Don't you <laughs> screw this up for him. Yeah, he really did. You know, it was a tough time for now. Um, I find that endearing and also hilarious that uh, a parent would, you know, desperately say, "Don't, don't you take away this sparsely attended bar, uh, bar basement improv show from <laughs> from your brother." <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a good time. I will say it was. Uh, I think they had some fun, fun times. Yeah. Now, let's see. Was that your? Was that the first time you got to see Matt like do any performance of any kind? I mean, he had done uh, classes at the UCB before this group. This group was formed out of one of their classes. I think he means uh, he went to your class shows. Yeah, that's exactly. Two, what he means. Three. I actually forget. But um, so I'd seen him perform in like a like a classroom 
like a test exam. That's kind of what those <laughs> things ended up being. I didn't know what he was uh, talking about. But, but you, know, like, for you see the grad shows. Yeah. Before. And then of Maybe course, he thought it was the exam the whole time. Matt performing, whether he realized it or not, um, in uh, his own way when we were kids. So, uh, Oh, so was he somebody who sort of, like, was always doing it on his own or always on it as a kid? Well, not so much in the traditional sense. Like, he wouldn't, you know, put on a performance or grab a microphone or something like that. But he just, he had a way about him that was very uh, kind of... It set the tone for, I think, the way he is as a comedian. How so? Um, that's kind of a hard thing to quantify, but uh, I remember he uh, he had one. He was very big into his um, Halloween costumes, and I remember. I fucking love Halloween. Was, mm-hmm. uh, he had made a life-size. Um, cardboard box that was Arm and Hammer soda, but instead of Arm and Hammer, it was Hammer and Sickle. And the side, <laughs> instead of instructions, had the Communist Manifesto and uh, had a big yes. Hammer and Sickle mm-hmm. on it and a uh, red themed uh, decor. And he was wearing it around all day, speaking about it. And it was very, uh, it was very mad. What was the what was the ins- inspiration for the costume? I think I just had, you know, learned about the bare minimum facts about the USSR. How old were you? 13. Yes. And uh, I had, and I just like seen the box of Farm and Hammer baking soda and it was, you know, to my, you know, early teenage mind, the most hilarious thing of all time was a communist themed baking soda. So I, uh, um, so I just made, my dad helped me make the box my dad's very crafty, so it uh, looked exactly like, uh, uh, you know, all the measurements were right, the colors were right, but then, you know, had the, the graphics around and uh, basically wrote a lot of copy for the outside of the box, sort of, you know, looking to the future. Um, but I, uh, uh, it was a very high concept joke. High concept. That uh, came second in the, uh, the town Halloween costume contest and... Uh, for my age group, not the not the overall group, right. but I don't think that I think they were just because it looked like the real box. I don't think they got the joke because they brought me on stage as a hammer and sickle. I don't think they, I don't know if they really registered. And then I walked on stage to, uh, you know, crickets from an entire uh, room full of people. Also, weirdly looking to the future. Where I've never heard of a town Halloween costume contest my town my hometown in jersey had a, as a i don't know if they still do it but they would have a per a halloween parade every year where people would just walk down main street and in the end you go into the high school gym and they would do a costume contest mm-hmm. uh my best friend actually came he beat me he came first that year with a costume he had thrown together last minute but it was also brilliant so he was a tourist with like a big like a hawaiian shirt and a big fake belly and a camera and stuff and right he on. made a cabana hat it was it was pretty great it would have been funny if it was uh, an even more obscure uh, mm-hmm. ism or yeah. Tiananmen Square brand uh, Tank Man. Yeah, tank Man. Tank Man beats. <laughs> tank Man beats. Oh God! And this is when he was four years old, right? Uh, no, I think that was, was a compliment to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. Uh, he was he was probably a young teenager, maybe eleven, twelve. 
Oh, you know, I wonder if it. Uh, I wonder if Kami Kami Halloween costumes are, are now not like cliche, but almost a little bit too real now that we're that we're going to be enemies with Russia again soon. Well, he might bring it back. I yeah, there you go. Get the reboot. He'll he'll wear it. Maybe I'll I'll give him a little spoiler of our interview, and he can wear it to the uh, <laughs> when you guys listen to this. I would enjoy that a lot. I'm also going to demand to see some some past Halloween costumes of his. Pictures yeah, I wonder if he has anything. You should ask him about the, um, I'll say no more, but about his uh, sock ninja. You should ask him about that. Done. What, what is the sock ninja? Oh my god, I'd forgotten the sock. I think that was another Halloween costume where I just sort of wore socks around in a kind of approximation of a, of a ninja costume, and then I had stuffed socks that I swung around like uh, like nunchucks. That would have been earlier. That probably was 10 or something like that. Um, but I used to come up with weird little costumes like that all the time. Um, and then now it's been years since I dressed up Halloween. Really? Mm-hmm. I you put all I... that energy into social media. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this heat doesn't bring itself. <laughs> what, uh, I'm one of those people that still enjoys Halloween as an adult, and I find it harder and harder to defend as I get mm-hmm. older because you meet more people that are like, yeah, I'm just not into it anymore, or they never liked it. Mm. Uh, and there's no good defense of it. I don't know. I mean, I think any holiday that promotes creativity is a good thing. You know, definitely, Same. especially when you're in the world of comedy, you see some lame costumes. But also, who cares? You know, I like it when people get infuriated when you can't figure out their clever costume, <sighs> the, and yeah, they the, stand there and they make you, they physically restrain yeah, you yeah, until you, like, until no, you figure it out. Yeah, one time I uh, there was a period like actually in high school where I had gotten too lazy to make elaborate costumes, but I still wanted to do something. So one year I went as a guy wetting his pants and just used wood varnish to like create a permanent stain that looked like pee. But that was weird to explain to people, you know, it was very subtle. And uh, another year I just stuffed all my clothes with newspaper. And when people asked what my costume was, I would just say, what costume? And that was my whole <laughs> joke, but that uh, landed 0% of the time. <laughs> Consider it done. Um, so you saw Matt do class shows for UCB, and obviously you, you saw him on the team that he and Didi were on. Do you remember seeing any early stand-up shows? Yeah. Yeah, I used to go um, when he was doing a lot of open mics, you know, here and there. And uh, Brutal. Did I you drag remember. him to open mics? He no? never came to an open okay. mic. He's thinking of bar shows that look like an open mic. Gotcha. All right, well, was, you know, I always, I mean, he's my younger brother. I think very highly of him, and I think he's an exceptionally funny person. But also, we grew up in the same environment. We have the same um, uh, influences to a certain extent. And, uh, you know, I think our sense of humor is very similar, which would happen with all of that. So it's hard for me to sometimes be subjective about his comedy. Sure. So I think when I see things like our aunts and uncles who are have good senses of humor but are also very hard to please uh, come to one of his <laughs> early open mics and you know he's really hasn't honed it yet very raw you know he's still working out his jokes and his style and his persona and everything and for them to come away you know really enjoying themselves i think was a, a big sign to me that he was actually talented and it wasn't just in my head that's See, I think that's awesome. That's very sweet. Because it sounded like it was going to go south. Mm-hmm. You know, that you brought family to an early show and you were still figuring out your voice. Yeah. Um, and I will say, yeah, my family would not have 
humored me if they if they didn't enjoy it. So I always appreciate it anytime I got good feedback. You know, they've always told me if they didn't like a joke or something like that. And you know, I never I never dragged them to a ton of shows. But yeah, they were generally supportive. And Nick always was Nick's always been good about coming out coming out to shows and uh It's awesome. Yeah. He goes to he goes to D shows and things like that. Uh it, I don't think I yeah, it, it always is, is beautiful if you bring someone to a show especially mm-hmm. extended fit in, in this case aunts uncles and it works yeah. out and it's a good show and they have a good time like mm-hmm. even if you're hard on yourself but they really enjoyed it and you know it yeah well there was one time i um i did a show uh it was like a a very a rare chance for me years ago to do you know one of the the biggest clubs in manhattan um uh, I guess there's no reason I can't say it was Gotham Comedy Club, sure. but it was an independently produced show. So, uh, you know, a guy I knew was putting it on and um, it was in the basement room, still, you know, excellent room. And uh, I was going to headline the show, do half hour, I think. And so I was like, OK, well, this is a great show to bring on my family out. They always want to come to shows. I don't want them to come to a bar with four people in it. Um, so my family showed up. They all showed up early. It was, you know, maybe 12 people or something like that. And the... Uh, Staff sat them in the front of the room oh. next to the stage, and I was headlining. It was, you know, a long, you know, these club shows are pretty long. Um, so I had to sit there and watch like five comics go up and do crowd work on my parents in a row. Oh boy, because they were sitting right there at the front, and uh, you know, they're all asking my asking my parents about their sex life, the entire stuff. And then I had to go up as the headliner. And I was like, I could totally ignore this, or I could just. But I brought it up, especially because the comic right before me had really been going into it. And you know, my dad, very sweet man, also pretty shy, so he was obviously uncomfortable with this. So I just sort of laid into the that comic for the first five minutes or so. But it's a good testament to my my family being a good sort. They are good, jeez. And that show actually went really well. It was one of the best sets I'd had. <laughs> you to stuck the, the, the time. Yeah, nice. It's awesome. Now speaking of family, do you? Do you guys have, like, you know, aunts and uncles, whoever, you know, are there, are there other people, like, clearly in the family that, that sort of had that comedy streak, or, or was Matt sort of the oddball or the, the first one to do it? Yeah, definitely the first to do it. I mean, we have talented, artistic people in the family. Um, our cousin is uh, a very talented musician. Our mm-hmm. grandfather was a very talented musician. Um everyone's kind of been brought up in a musical environment and then uh our same cousin who's very talented musically also dabbled in uh stop motion animation or clay claymation um things which i'll say if you can pause for a second uh my cousin andrew a very talented musician also showed a lot of talent for stop motion animation when he was 12 which is the last time that he did (laughs) but also before the stop motion which is you you guys sounded like gypsies before that yeah right um, but our was, cousin and our grandfathers. It was a lot like my grandfather would. He gave everyone piano lessons. He had been a he had been a, a concert pianist when he was young until he injured his hand. So yeah, everybody everybody grew up playing some sort of instrument or something like that. Nice. And I will also say, although nobody else in my family has shown interest in doing comedy, it was like a very I would say a funny family and also a family where comedy is really important. Like yep. even to this day, when you get together at you know Thanksgiving or whatever uh, Passover, whatever they're. Uh, Everybody is, you know, uh, real, you know, talking about comedy and shows, you know, quoting things. There's always a lot of that going on. And our dad is also like the biggest comedy fan that I know and introduced us to all the stuff that was my early influence. Right on. 
amateur, but you know, showed talent and promise. Yeah, for and, sure. Um, but in terms of comedy, I mean, you know, we're a typical family where we have people who make good jokes like Matt and people who make bad jokes like myself um, and everything <laughs> in between. But uh, nobody actually, you know, moved in Matt's direction. Right on. One thing I wanted to ask, sort of leaning back on your your mom making sure that you were not the Yoko Ono uh, <laughs> that broke up the improv group. What have, what have your what have your parents thought about you know Matt's Matt's comedy career and everything he does? You know, are, are they like all on board? Do they not know much about it, or what's their take on it? Oh yeah, they're. Um, I think my dad especially is. Uh, is my brother's number one fan. I would say I was uh, his number one fan, but I haven't had as much free time to really go out and see him these days. But um, but yeah, our dad is, uh, he's all on board and he's the most encouraging person. I think, you know, Matt runs things past him um, more than anyone else. Not is that true? Yeah, my, my dad gave me notes on the pilot I wrote. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's really cool too that you said your dad. You mentioned your dad specifically too. That mm-hmm. Although everyone in the family is funny and appreciates. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's you know, uh, my parents are both really supportive. Uh, but you know, my dad. It's one of those things like we have the same exact personality. Uh, he's a really funny guy. Um, very like sharp sense of humor. Really smart. But he, uh, you know, he never really had. You know, he never really pursued any kind of um, any kind of like comedy or writing or anything like that. Um, so I think it, you know, gives him a kick to see somebody with his same exact sense of humor doing it. Um, and you know, so that's always meant a lot. And my mom's also always been really supportive, but you know, like, a you know, like any mom, she's, uh, she's a more, I guess it's not the same in every family, but she's a a practical person who's always been, you know, when I said, I want to become a comedian, you know, she's saying, just make sure that you can afford rent. Right. But you know, and now that I, you know, thankfully actually, you know, make my living from something comedy related congratulations thank you very much and to you as well (laughs) but uh uh, but you know that obviously did a lot to uh to convince her this was a good decision (laughs) yeah so much for his opinion but just you know because he's our dad and we respect him yeah of course Uh, and to get that good that good dad laugh going nothing feels better than that and I think my mom, you know, it's very important for us to constantly be a disappointment to her. <laughs> he went so much harsher. Than no, she's 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 tough, but uh, but she does it out of love. Um, and he uh, she's been exceptionally supportive as well. I mean, you might get the impression by me saying that that she's like comedy. Why do you want to do comedy? But she uh, she's actually very supportive, and whenever he. He makes a move um, forward in his career. She's very supportive. Now, that being said, in the beginning, I think when he wanted to do it, he saw the road ahead and how difficult it was going to be, and he pushed forward on it. She saw the road ahead and how difficult it was going to be, and she started, um, I wouldn't say trying to derail him, but, uh, <laughs> Sounds like just, a sabotage. Yeah, oops, I accidentally threw out all your joke notebooks yeah, again. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mistake. Her her typical, her, her go-to reaction is, are you sure you want to do something like that? And um, he did. He pushed past that. And, you know, as he's been moving forward, she, like, she really has become a supporter. I love that. So... 
you know, anyone that's seen Matt on stage and is, or merely had a conversation with him, of course, has, has seen that lightning quickness um, of jokes and of, and of his brain turning over with that speed. Is there is there anything about Matt that you think would, that you know that would surprise people? You mean something like about him? or Yeah, just anything about him or his personality or... or maybe what drives him or just, you know, like, you know, obviously he's put the lot out on stage and, and that's inherent to his personality. So is there anything about him or his personality that people might not know that you think is interesting? Well, I think he's, he's very shy. Um, but I think that's not that interesting in the world of comedy. I think a lot of people who can be very extroverted on stage, you know, it's not surprising to find out that they're truly an introvert. He has, um, his background in education is in classics and philosophy and um nice i was a philosophy he, minor oh nice I was a classics uh, minor. A very intelligent man it's definitely smarter than i am but then again that's also something that i think someone would see just by talking to him um but he also had probably oh he's gonna be embarrassed when i say this but he had probably the messiest room that you could ever possibly imagine <laughs> his bedroom growing up. Not nothing to do about that has zero to do with your personality, but it is funny that he that he brought it up. I mean, you know, it might be a window into something. A like window? That. We'll see. Was like a uh, living in a hamster cage. Give me some gnarly <laughs> details. Paint, paint the so picture. He, he had, I guess, like I mean, he was a big reader. Matt is a very fast reader and has always been a reader, and uh, had more books than he had room for in his small bedroom. So they ended up on the floor, and people would walk over them, and eventually they kind of fell apart and became bedding, like in a hamster cage. <laughs> he did have a bed. He didn't sleep on them. But uh, there was definitely a, um, a significant layer of, uh, of his, uh, his poor, poor books and comic books and everything laying out there. With literally just a layer of pages that had, I mean, yeah, didn't survive. I mean, it was, you know, he's being nice by saying books because there was everything in that pile. I've been slowly going back and cleaning out my childhood bedroom so that my parents <laughs> don't have to quarantine it. Um, in my 30s, by the way. Uh, and uh, it's horror. I found a... <laughs> this is going to be really gross. I found... A uh, friend's bones. A huge, yeah, yeah. <laughs> found Lindbergh. Uh, <laughs> he was not even him. Amelia no. Earhart? Doesn't matter. That's a lightning quickness we're talking about. <laughs> so, uh, no, I found... Reads a uh, lot, does he? <laughs> I found my, uh, my... I chopped off, like, 10 inches of hair right before I went to college, oh. and I found it in a plastic bag oh, in my Oh, <laughs> yes. I found some ancient, uh, some ancient food items, just a lot of, like, garbage lying around and things like that. A bag of hair. Yeah, I just found a bag of, bag of nasty hair. It was literally like, you know... Uh, Silence of the Lambs when she goes into Hannibal Lecter's oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, storage unit. Um, looked a lot <laughs> like that. Head in a jar. Spoiler alert. He held it well on the outside. <laughs> he, he seemed very put together, but he never would have thought that he had, uh, he had all true. those true. I wouldn't peg you for his lob. All those Big pages slab. like cedar chips lying on the cage floor. <laughs> I wish it smelled like cedar chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now he's probably really mad. Oh. Uh, um, We're having fun. No, so. I love it. that's okay. I don't think. Uh, I think we've all, you know, there's every family has the one. I was the messier one, so yeah, every family has the one kid. I get it. Mm-hmm. The uh, the never make the bed guy. So <laughs> now we know it's Matt. 
yeah. Um, well, Nick, this has been fantastic, man. Yeah, that oh, was great. I really appreciate you doing it, and um, we will, of course, let you know when it's live, and I will let you know post-script whether or not I got to see the Kami, Arm and Hammer, Arm and, uh, <laughs> Hammer and Sickle Halloween costume. It's a mouth. Yeah, 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 we'll have to find a picture somewhere. All right, thanks again, Nick. Thank you. Take care. I know there's a picture of that costume. I we will share when the episode launches, Great. and... If you have any pictures of your bag of human hair, I could just take a picture. I don't think I've thrown it out yet. <laughs> it's you still have it. Uh yeah, it's probably. See, this is the thing. I was like, oh, I can't throw that away. That's that's a keepsake at this point. Because you had like hair down to your shoulders. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had some serious hair. I'm also on the former long. We've discussed that. Yeah. Former long hair club. Mm-hmm. I did not keep a bag of it. I just have it in memory. Oh yeah. Well, he could have. I could have donated it or something. Now it's probably way too old to even become like some sort of wig. Never can tell. Never. No, I'm no hair expert. We'll keep it creepy instead. Mm-hmm. Thanks for doing this, Matt. This has been great. I really appreciate it. This was the most my ego has ever been massaged in a, <laughs> a span of 45 minutes. But uh, it's really great. Uh, you know, it was a real treat. I feel bad because it's so much. You know, obviously, I guess an interview show is all going to be about me, but. I feel weird absorbing, you know, you and him talking nicely about me, and then nobody's doing the same for you. When are you going to interview someone from your family? Uh, when I land a when I land a huge monster guest, I would like to do a reverso where someone calls my mom. That would be amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and finds out about my bags of hair. Jeffrey Ross calling your mom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again, man. Uh, thank you so much. 